Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. We thank you for every person in this room that this is a place they can belong. It's also a place where they can just come and take a deep breath and experience peace, Father. We're so grateful that when we are in your presence, there's peace and there's joy, Father. So we just thank you that this is the place where anxiety can melt away. And this is the place where depression can lift. And this is the place where we find our answers. So we are so excited to be here tonight. We're grateful for each person in the room. And we thank you for speaking to every heart tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can go ahead and take a seat tonight. My name is Morgan, and I'm really glad to see you guys here tonight. Thank you so much for coming on this Wednesday night. We have something I'm really excited about. We have two things I'm really excited about. I'm going to save one for later. But right now, we are going to do our weekly five minutes of fire. So you guys know the drill by now. Five minutes of fire is when we challenge a middle or high school student to speak for five minutes on any topic that they want from the entire Bible. And tonight is somebody that I am really excited about. You know her. I know her. You love her. I love her. So please join me as we welcome Allie with our five minutes of fire. Hi. Um, I can't lie. I'm pretty nervous. (laughs) So my original topic was about mental health, but Wednesday night, actually, when I got back from Corey last week, when AMC first told me about Five Minutes of Fire, I was like, you know what, I'm going to knock this out because I'm just like a nervous person and I always need everything. So on Wednesday night, it just didn't feel right about what I was going to originally preach about, so I had changed my topic, and my title for tonight is Disentangle Your Mental Health with Him. The reason I picked this topic is because struggling with my mental health has been a huge challenge in my life. Um, There was a huge point in my life where when I was going through my mental health, I thought there was no way out. I felt alone, worried, depressed, anxious, fearful. I felt defeated. I always wanted to do everything on my own. I've always been independent. I've never wanted help. Until I realized the more I did that, the more the devil took over me than God ever did. I let the devil get to me to the point where I tried to take myself out of this world until I came to realize in the moment that it was time to put it all on him, to deal with him so the devil didn't take over. I know this isn't an easy topic to hear about or even to take notes on. And I'm definitely not trying to step on anyone's toes because I'm also stepping on my own toes by reading this. But personally speaking on this, because you never know what a person needs to hear about the things they struggle with or the things they don't want to hear about. My first point tonight is seek God. He will provide for you. Seeking God can bring a sense of purpose, peace, and fulfillment to our lives. It allows us to find comfort in knowing that there is a higher power looking out for us. God provides provides guidance and support, helping us navigate through life's challenges. By seeking God, we open ourselves to a deeper connection and understanding of the world around us. 
It can bring a sense of hope, love, and gratitude, reminding us that we are never alone. So seeking God can be a transformative journey that enriches our lives in countless ways. A verse I have is Psalms 9, verse 10. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Another verse I have is Romans 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him, then will overflow with confidence and hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't depend on yourself to get through it. Don't, don't depend on someone else for your happiness. Don't depend on drugs for your happiness. Don't depend on porn. Don't depend on smoking. Don't depend on self-harming. Depend on the Holy Spirit. My second point tonight is lean on God through all your struggles. When we lean on God, we find strength and support in times of our needs. God's love and guidance can give us the courage to face challenges and overcome obstacles. By leaning on God, we acknowledge that we are not alone in our struggles. We don't have to suffer in silence. We don't have to sit in our bedrooms and cry about it. We don't have to self-harm. We don't have to depend on drugs. We don't have to depend on smoking. We don't have to depend on porn. We trust in his plan for us and find comfort in his presence. God's wisdom and grace can provide clarity and direction when we feel lost or uncertain. So leaning on God allows us to experience his unconditional love and find solace in his unwavering support. A verse I have is Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Just because you can't see God working or you can't see God fixing your situations doesn't mean he's not there and doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight. There's no way it can happen overnight. But if you trust him and pray and hope, it's going to happen. You cannot trust yourself to let everything happen in the way that you want it to work. It's not going to go your way. It's not. It's going to go his way because we all need to live for his plan. It's not our plan. It's his plan. Another verse I have is in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. If you are feeling alone or you feel like you want to self-harm or do drugs, that's not God. <laughs> that's the devil. That's not God. <laughs> that, you know, you never, you, God never wants you to suffer. But depending on drugs and porn and smoking and self-harm, that's not God wanting you to do that. Yeah, he doesn't want you hurting, but he also doesn't want you depending on those things either. That's not God. That's, that's the devil. My third point tonight is stop your repeating habits for him. Stop repeating habits for God can be a powerful motivation. By breaking these habits, you can align yourself with your spiritual beliefs and honor your relationship with God. It allows you to grow closer to him, deepen your faith. 
and live a life that reflects your values. Not the devil's values, your values. Remember God loves and supports you on your journey of self-improvements. Don't go back don't go back to your addiction to alcohol. Don't go back to your addiction to drugs or smoking or porn or self-harm or even bullying someone because that might make you feel great about yourself. But how do you think that person feels? What do you think they're going through? Probably the same thing you're going through. Talk to them. Go up to them. Share verses you have. Share the faith you have. Invite them to church. A verse I have is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just because you've done sinful things doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you can't fix it. doesn't mean you can't trust in him to help you. He is going to help you, but the way that you want to be cleansed is stopping and not going back and repeating it and repeating it. The last verse I have of the night is 1 Peter 5-7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This verse is actually <laughs> my lock screen. <laughs> um, your anxiety is not something that you have to deal with on your own. It's not something that, it's just not something you have to deal with alone. I mean, he is there for you. People in your church are there for you. Reach out. We aren't going to judge. We aren't going to, we just aren't going to judge. We are going to be there for you and we're going to help you because we care like he cares. <laughs> no matter if you're feeling dirty Know that everybody's been there. We've all felt dirty. It might not be the same situation, but we've all felt dirty. We've all done something that we felt dirty. And it's not going to go away overnight, but you have to help yourself at some point. You cannot depend on other people or other things, and you can't avoid it either. You have to deal with it. And if that means... You can't lean on God first. Go to therapy. Talk to a friend. Call someone. Read the Bible. Listen to podcasts. Not murder podcasts, but <laughs> faithful podcasts. I know we all get sucked into those. My closing point tonight is it's important to remember that God is always with you and wants to help you through your mental health struggles. Turning to God in moments of distress can provide peace and comfort and hope. And you know you're not alone. Even though you might be alone, you're not because he is there. And like I was saying, while seeking professional help and utilizing resources such as therapy, or medication that is helpful and it is important but you have to know that God's love and grace are always with you and at some point you have to realize that medication and therapy are absolutely okay but ask yourself do you want to depend on a medication or another person for your happiness for the rest of your life do you want to 
God is always available. He always is. He's never left. Even when you've done the dirtiest stuff or you've done bad things, he hasn't left. He's just been waiting for you to get your head on and find him. Find him again. He, find him. With faith and perseverance, you can find strength and healing in your mental health journey with him. You absolutely can. And this is never an easy topic, but at some point, we have to start now before we start when it's too late. And it never has to be too late, but like fixing it now, like don't you want your kids to do better than what you did? Don't you want your kids' kids to do better than what you're doing? Do you want the next generation to be better than what this generation is? And that's bringing people down. That's, that's relying on things that we shouldn't rely on. We should rely on him. He is there. And, you know, if you're at the point where you're not ready to sit in silence and talk about the things you've done and the sins that you've made, go to someone in your church. Talk to them first. It might be easier. But at some point, no matter where you get in your life, you're going to have to sit in silence, realize what you did, and at some point, you're just going to have to ask him for help. Lean on him. We need to live for his plan, not ours. His plan is so much better than ours. Because trust, we don't know what we're doing, let's be honest. Trust in him. He's there. And that's all I have. Give it up for her one more time. Allie, that was so good. I loved it. Don't you guys love when people just talk honestly? That's my favorite thing is when I hear honest people and they're like, you know what? I'm not perfect, but it's okay. That helped me a lot in my life. She did a great job. Do you guys know what I think the hardest part about preaching is, like more than other public speaking things? Reading Bible verses. It takes you back to third grade when you all had to read your little passage out of the book. There's big words. There's words that I don't know how to say. So shout out to Allie because she had a lot of Bible verses in that. And that is the hardest part about speaking at church. But I want to, again, thank you guys for being here tonight. I'm going to talk to you about something really simple, and that is how to talk about Jesus. How to talk about Jesus. So I wasn't here last week, but I heard you guys had a great night, and you spent some time praying for your school and praying for your friends, praying for safety, praying for people to come to know Jesus that need him. So we're going to take it a step further tonight and just talk about how to talk about Jesus. Because I'll tell you something, if you feel like this is hard, so do like a bunch of adults, okay? This isn't just an issue of middle and high school. This is just like a weird human issue where for some reason Christians get in their head and they're like, I don't know, I want to tell people about Jesus, but I don't know how, right? So we're going to make it very simple tonight. We're going to give you peace of mind tonight, and I'm jumping right in. The first thing is, remember that you are a preacher. Remember that you are a preacher. I've taken this from Mark 16, and starting in verse 15, it says this, and this is Jesus talking, and this is literally right before he left the earth. So these are the last things that he said to us. 
As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes. Do you guys know we had a snake? Remember in church a couple weeks ago? We're protected from snakes, in Jesus' name, and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. So we're not talking about snakes or poison tonight. But it says in the beginning of that passage, hey, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news. Or some translations say, preach the gospel to the whole earth. So I want to remind you tonight, as a Christian, you are a preacher. Preachers aren't just preachers. Christians are preachers. It is literally our job to tell people about Jesus. If we're a Christian, that word just means that I follow Christ. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you follow me, then you need to tell people about me. Go into the world, go into your school, go into your job, and preach the good news. Now, you're probably thinking, Morgan, I don't have your personality. And for that, you should be grateful. But... Here's the thing, I didn't always have my personality either. Or, embarrassingly, I had this personality, but I still felt like I couldn't talk about Jesus because I was embarrassed. But we have to view ourselves in the light of Jesus' commandment that says, hey, if you're a Christian, then you can preach. Preaching doesn't require a microphone, and it doesn't require talking loud and shouting and sharing a bunch of scriptures. Preaching is simply communicating the love of God to other people, right? That's what's different maybe about preaching versus other public speaking is, hey, we have a purpose that's really bigger than us, and that is to show the love of God to the people that we're speaking to. So when I say you're a preacher, doesn't mean you have a certain kind of personality. Doesn't mean you're a good public speaker. You don't need to be, right? Everybody's probably, hopefully, like, I never want to public speak in my life, right? It's a life I signed up for, but most people don't want to have to do that on a regular basis, and the good news is you don't. You can preach at school and at work just with your words and the way that you live, right? There's an old, old quote, and it's so good. It says, preach the gospel and, when necessary, use words. So if you get nervous talking to other people, okay, that's okay. That's something we can all work on maybe, social anxiety, right? We're all growing in that area. But you can also preach through the way that you live, right? The way that you live, if choosing to live a holy life and do your best to be free from sin, that speaks to people and that preaches to people, right? Living a life of peace preaches to people. Having joy, even when things are hard, that's a way to preach to people. If we just live our lives committed to Jesus, you can say a lot without saying anything at all because people will know, hey, there's something different about them. Like, I know she's going through something hard, but I still see her praying and reading her Bible. I know that things are challenging for her right now, but I still see that she has joy and peace. Hey, I know that person was really mean to her, but she's being kind to them. That's different, right? You are preaching through some of those actions. But I also want to remind you, you can preach through your words, and I'm going to talk to you about how. So in the kind of like old churchy words, a lot of times telling people about Jesus is called witnessing, right? Have you guys heard of that? Be a witness. You need to go witness. What are they talking about? They're just saying, hey, tell people about Jesus. But I think that's an interesting word that's used, and it's from the Bible. The Bible talks about being a witness, because think about what a witness does. A witness just talks about what they saw or what they experienced, right? 
That's the best part of a crime podcast is when they get the witnesses who saw the event, right? I don't want to hear this girl who wasn't even there to put somebody on the stand that was there and tell me the details, please. Bring out the high school best friend who knew them for 10 years. That's what I want to hear, right? The witness knows the good stuff. The witness saw it. The witness was there. They knew that person. So they can tell you things from a real dramatic perspective that you want to hear. The same is true for us in our walk with God. If you feel like you don't know how to talk about Jesus, because I get it, if everyone's talking about something at the lunch table, you don't just want to be like, guys, but have you heard of Jesus? Have we talked about the Lord today? I don't think so. That's weird. I get it. But here's what you can do. Just talk about what you've seen and experienced. So here's something that has helped me a lot. You know, if somebody brings up anxiety or something they've struggled with, I will often say, hey, I totally relate to that. Like, I've been there, and sometimes I still have a hard time. But you know what? I've really found that prayer and meditation and talking to Jesus and listening to worship music really helps bring me a lot of peace in those times. Period. I just talked about Jesus, and it worked out fine. Or you can talk about, like, hey, yeah, I knew somebody who struggled with that too, but uh, we had this great group at my church, and, you know, we just prayed for that person, and the community really helped them when they were going through a difficult time, right? Just talk about what you've seen and heard, what you know is true about God. Hey, yeah, I used to, to struggle with this or struggle with that, but I went to summer camp, and it was amazing, but my life was really changed. Like, you should come with me next year. Just talk about what you've seen and experienced. I also want to tell you to talk to people about Jesus and to be a preacher, be a witness. You don't have to know a thousand scriptures. I probably don't know as many scriptures as people think I know. So if that makes you feel better, I can, I can technically maybe like say a lot of scriptures. But if you're like, where is that in the Bible? I'm like, you should Google it. And then you'll know because that's what I do. I'm like, ah, what is that verse? And I Google it and then I know. So you don't have to know a thousand scriptures. And you know what? I've also been in situations where people have said, hey, do you know like a Bible verse on this? Because I'm a pastor, so people do that now. Hey, do you have a Bible verse about this? And you know what I usually say? I would love to get you some Bible verses. I'm going to go home and I'm going to put those together and I'm going to text them to you. You don't have to know everything on the spot. Like, when I was young, I just thought, like, well, what if they ask for a Bible verse, like a 15-year-old at my high school or whatever was going to ask me for a Bible verse? It never happened, so that was a fear I didn't need to have. But, hey, you just don't have to feel like you know it all. Or one time I was in a situation at a detention center, and I was speaking to the youth there, and they often had really great questions and sometimes hard questions, like how do you know Christianity is like the real religion and what about this and what about that? But the Holy Spirit would really help me. I would ask him to help me and ask him to give me the words to say to, to help them with their questions, and so he really did. But there was this one kid every time, all the time, always asked about dinosaurs, and he was dead serious. He was like, but what about the dinosaurs in the Bible? And I'm like, I don't even know if there are dinosaurs in the Bible, but you should Google that, you know? So it was a situation where somebody was genuinely asking me something I had no idea about. So it was okay to say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So if somebody's asking you questions you're not sure about or you feel intimidated because you don't know everything, that's okay. You don't have to know everything. Google knows almost everything. So you can help people out that way. But that's my first point. Remember that you're a preacher. The second thing is don't be ashamed. In Romans 1, 15, it says this. 
So I'm eager to come to you in Rome to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So I love this. Paul is saying, hey, I'm excited to come preach to you, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I want to bring that to light because, honestly, when I was in school and even when I was younger and like an adult and out of college and in college and, and all of that stuff, I just felt embarrassed to bring things up. Like it was weird. Like people just thought I was going to be weird because I was a Christian or something like that. But I want to challenge you tonight. Paul said, hey, don't be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's what I want to challenge you with tonight. Let's not act like it's weird to have a relationship with God because it's not. It's not. Millions of people do. Let's not act like it's weird that we pray because it's not. The most natural thing in the world is to talk to God. Let's not act like it's weird to go to church or to read our Bible because it's not weird. It's totally normal, and millions of people do it. And think about it this way. Just because someone else doesn't do what you do doesn't mean they'll think it's weird. You guys want to know what I don't do? Golf. You know who golfs? Like everyone, apparently. I don't know why the last two months I've just been hearing everyone I know talk about golf. And I'm like, are all these people really out there golfing? Who has all these hours? Who has the equipment? Who has the ability to be in the heat that long? Like, are, do people, all these people really golf? But you know what? I don't think it's weird that they golf because it's not weird, right? I don't do it, but it's not weird. It's the same with everything that we believe. Listen, other people may not believe what you believe or they may not have a relationship with God the way you do, but hey, it's not weird. Bring it up to them like it's normal because it is is, you know, again, in like a real life situation, if my coworkers are bringing up something and I'm like, oh yeah, like I was having a hard time with that too, but I just prayed. Or even if they bring up, okay, like, hey, this happened in the news. It was crazy and it was scary. Then I'll just say, yeah, it was really wild. Like I'm praying for them. Or one of my coworkers, her daughter had gone to the doctor and they had said something. And I said, well, I'll be praying for her. You know, I see how that would be intimidating. I will be praying for her. Why? Because that's not weird. It's what I do, and I like it, and millions of people do it. So don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shame is a strategy of the enemy. God never makes us feel shame about anything, not our past, not our present, not our actions, not our failures, none of it. There is no shame in knowing God and in that relationship with him. So you have to realize if you're feeling embarrassed or shameful about something, that's not God bringing those feelings. That's the enemy. So just push through. It is one of those things that the more you do it, the easier it gets. It's super easy for me to talk to people about Jesus now. It was not always easy for me to do that. Even during times when I was already ministering with a microphone, right? It's easy to talk about Jesus in church. It's not as easy at your job, maybe, and it's not as easy at your school. But once you do it, it is. So let's not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's not act like it's weird to know God because it's not. It's completely normal because it is. And it's normal to pray because it is. We all pray, right? The third thing I want to say to you tonight is to always speak with love. This is a big one sometimes Christians miss, so let's talk about it. Always speak with love. In Ephesians 4, starting in verse 14, it says this. 
Then we'll no longer be immature like children, and we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Here's verse 15, the part I want to focus on. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And loving other people is a real heart check, right? A lot of Christians like to talk about Jesus because they're trying to tell other people that they're wrong. There's no love in that, right? That's not how Jesus approaches me. He does, even when he has to tell me I'm wrong, he does it in the nicest, most loving way, right? You guys know those people in your life. There are people who tell you you're wrong and it's embarrassing and uncomfortable and you don't like it, right? Because there's no love in it. But then we have people in our lives who can say, hey, you know what? You might have missed it, but you look cute today. So let's do better next time, right? There's people who can tell us in love that we have made a mistake. So as Christians, let's check our heart and say, okay, what is my motivation for talking about this? Am I trying to seem like I'm better than other people? Or am I really trying to introduce them to the love of Jesus? And I will actually take my hat off to you guys because I think you guys are incredible at this and better at other generations. Than this. So I admire you a lot for that, but it's still a good reminder for us to always speak with love, even to the people who drive us crazy. Even when people are gossiping and you know something that if you dropped it at the lunchroom table, everybody would be shook, right? Nope, let's speak in love, right? Even to that person who is consistently mean and rude to you. Hey, speak in love. And 1 Corinthians 13 says this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. These are some really strong statements, right? We like to talk about love like it's just fun and it's, it's this and it's a feeling and whatever. But the Bible's saying, hey, if you do things without love, you are nothing. You could give all your money away to charity you could build houses for homeless people. You could be an amazing preacher or singer or whatever you are. And if you're doing it without love, in God's eyes, it's nothing. And that's a really sobering statement for me to realize, hey, I want everything that I say to be in love. To every person, not just at church, but outside of church. Every person in your school, every person at your job, every person on your basketball team, every person on the other basketball team. Let it all be done in love. And that is one of the ways that we tell people about Jesus is just through being loving, right? Why do Christians have a bad reputation? Because they're not loving, right? Because they're nasty, and mean, and they have a bad attitude and a bad haircut usually. <laughs> if you do it without love, it's nothing. We can't do anything without love. And that is the whole point of representing Jesus is to be loving. Always speak with love. The last thing I want to say tonight is to pray for people. Part of talking to people about Jesus or trying to introduce people to Jesus is to pray for them. Second, or excuse me, 1 Timothy 2 says this, starting in verse 1, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. 
ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives that are marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So what is he saying? Hey, a key to people being saved, a key to people meeting Jesus is to pray for them. How many times do you pray for your friends, right? That's, this is for me as well. There's a lot of people in my life that I want to know Jesus and I would love to be part of a church. And I've been saying for years, oh, I just wish they would come to church with me. But have I prayed for them? Have I prayed? This says, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Am I asking God to help the people in my life? Am I asking God to help the people at my job or at my school or in my family? So many of my prayers are asking for help for me, which is totally fine because God gives it every time. But if we are really wanting to introduce people to Jesus, to tell people about Jesus, we need to pray for them. I was so excited to hear that you guys spent some time praying last week because that is huge. And it says here, listen, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And we play a role in that by praying for them. The last verse I have tonight is James 5.16. It says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So I just want to remind you tonight that as corny as it sounds, your prayers are really powerful and will produce results. And listen, this is where the enemy tricks us because when you're sitting in your car praying, it doesn't feel powerful, does it? Do you know how many times it feels powerful when I pray? Like one out of every 75 prayers or something like that. It almost never feels powerful when I pray. But that, it doesn't matter if it feels powerful or it doesn't. Or it feels like, oh, it's a good, good prayer or it wasn't. No, the Bible's just saying, listen, if you pray, there's power in that prayer. And it's going to bring results. So let's not neglect our prayers or discount our prayers just because we say, well, I'm not sure I did it right. If you talk to God. You did it right. <laughs> you did it right. Did you pray for other people? Did you ask God to help them? And did you thank God for them? If you did that, you did it right. Prayer is not hard. It's just talking to God. But the Bible says, listen, when you pray, it's powerful. It makes a difference, and it matters when we pray for other people. So those are my four easy things tonight regarding talking to people about Jesus and how to talk to people about Jesus. And I just want to say I'm so proud of you guys because you guys are actually doing this. I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of your friends. Some of you are in this room tonight because somebody talked to you about Jesus and invited you to this church. So we're so glad that you guys are here, and we love you very dearly. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 